these are your most valuable emails. And you might say, oh, that's an old email because you built it a while ago, but it's actually also your most recent email because it went out this morning. What a lot of these brands do, and I see it so often, even the most brand conscious brands, they just send out like a really bare bones email that is just like, you have great taste, you forgot this, here's 10% off, and that's it. I like to see big, beautiful, abandoned emails. There's nothing wrong with having the important stuff up top, but then below that, there's nothing wrong with making it big and beautiful. In my opinion, the copy sells something, but the design reinforces the quality. If they see high quality in the message, they're gonna assume that you're taking the time to have a high quality product as well. Thousands of people have jump-started their TikTok content strategy using Coley's TikTok Creative Brief template. That's because it has all the steps for successful creator collaborations and best practices to create fun and engaging TikToks. If you haven't grabbed your copy yet, don't worry. Coley just dropped a brand new version of their popular template filled with even more tips and insights to level up your TikTok game. Head to coley.com slash TikTok. That's C-O-H-L-E-Y dot com slash TikTok to download your free copy and start creating TikToks for your brand that people actually want to watch. It's all killer, no filler, the D2C podcast. I'm Eric Dick, and today I am here with two other members of the Pilot House Brain Trust, Jordan and Alex, from our retention and design creative teams. We were recently highlighting a tweet that came from our friend Eli Weiss at Jones Road Beauty, where he said just about every single e-commerce brand has an abandonment cart email flow, and 99% of them suck. Uh, so why do abandoned cart flows suck, Jordan? A lot of them. Yeah. Well, I think from like a analytical background, maybe not on the design side, but structure. First of all, a lot of them, they'll just, first thing you do is try to drop a coupon. And all someone has to do then is just put something in their cart and walk away and wait an hour. And then you're just discounting your product. So that's one thing that's not great. Another thing is people don't have a lot of understanding of just when it should send, right? Uh, people will just often, I, I audit, you know, one or two accounts a week. And I see that just set something up and walked away. And really, you need to time test that. But most importantly, I think, is just in all conversion funnel support, which would be like site abandon, browse abandon, cart abandon, checkout abandon, is at telling the right story and, and inserting the right aspects for the funnel stage someone is at to help drive them further down the funnel. And not everybody's necessarily doing that. No, I think a lot of people just have out-of-the-box type things, right? They have the notifications they'll set up on Shopify or they're like, okay, that, that box is checked, but they're doing it not from a, you know, a dynamic perspective. They're just doing it like one size fits all. Alex, what do you have to say about the design aspect of, of these abandoned cart emails and why they fail? As Jordan mentioned, we're doing like one to two of these audits like a week. And one thing that we do notice is that people don't put a lot of effort into how they actually look. Like they put so much effort and time into campaigns. They design these really, really beautiful campaigns that go out once and that's it. And likely they never go out again. They spent so much time and effort in doing that. But these flows that are automated and that go out regularly to probably your most valuable consumers, right? People who are showing high intent, you know, they're browsing your site, they've added to cart, et cetera. They just need that little push. And what a lot of these brands do, and I see it so often, even the most brand conscious brands, they just send out like a really bare bones email that is just like, you have great taste, you forgot this, right? Here's 10% off. And that's it. They don't show you the product that you're looking at. They don't give you any additional value beyond that. Like what makes this product so great? Um, you know, whether it's feature messaging or benefit messaging, right? Like there's so much more that you can 
implement within these emails. Um, and then you can also design really beautiful flows where it's like at every touch point, it's now this consistent and cohesive experience, right? Like it's an extension of your beautiful emails. So there's tons of real estate that people have there. They're just not utilizing it appropriately. And then just from like a, even just stepping back a little bit in like macroeconomic factors, we're all, you know, feeling the crunch uh, of, of the way the economy is right now. Do you think, I don't know, Jordan, are we seeing more people abandon carts than they have in the past? Or is it just sort of always something that, that e-commerce marketers are, are dealing with? Uh, abandoned carts are constant. If you've got a higher ticket item, you might be seeing more abandoned carts right now, for sure. But what I want to stress is that doesn't mean this is the only time you should be focusing on these. I think one of the most important things Alex said there was that these are your most valuable emails. And if the, and you might say, oh, that's an old email because you built it a while ago. But it's actually also your most recent email because it went out this morning. right? And, and any time you spend on these emails pays back, it compounds over time. And, I, and it's like to add the whole thing and make sure we're thinking about this right, everyone talks about like, yeah, your card abandons is your most important email, right? Because it's like so close to, to someone purchasing. But if you think for a second, what is, quiz, what's the most common uh, event on a website? Uh, add to card, click. A visit. A visit, yeah. A visit, that's right, visit. No one can do anything on your site unless they visit. And most people show up and they do not have a site abandoned. And in my opinion, the site abandoned is just as valuable as the cart abandoned because what's the intent difference of not being on the site versus being on the site? That's a huge intent difference versus being on the site and adding to cart. I mean, it's at least equal. So, you know, the, the most time I spend on, on accounts is getting this thing set up right. So this is, I, I'm not a, an expert email marketer. How does, how does site visit work? Because you generally, you won't have those emails unless you've collected that lead. Are these site visits of previous customers whose emails you have? How do you, how do you actually react on site visit? Well, most people have, uh, you know, something pops up, says, you know, get 10% off. It's always 10%. I, I hate that. There's so many other ways you could do that. But you generate that address. Or maybe you have a loyalty program, all the different ways you can harvest the address. So, of course, Pilot House is, uh, there's a lot of acquisitions work. So we think in an acquisitions frame of mind, which is how do we have that email address? But after that person's a customer, that person's part of your audience. And you always have that address to use if they hit the site. And so many people hit the site and then for whatever reason walk away. I imagine we, I talked about like, you know, macroeconomic factors and uh, abandoned carts going up. I imagine also during this season, I just, as people are looking for discounts, they want to know what your discount is. They're willing to, they know that when they abandon a cart, they're going to get a discount. So I imagine like just during this like conspicuous consumption season of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you do see more abandoned carts, right? And abandoned sites. If you wanted something to do right now, you would go and just take, make a little image file that has your Black Friday deal and go to these emails and just insert that image file. You don't need to screw with the HTML or anything like that. It's just an image. Have that at the top of these emails, the entire funnel, which is site, browse, cart, checkout. Insert that so they see it. So if they are abandoning in any way, you're reinforcing that and reinforce that in the subject line too. Change it back afterwards. Because yeah, it's mad right now, right? If everybody's really busy, all they want to know right now for the next two weeks is what's the deal? Talk a little bit about that structure, like talking about those various touch points. What sort of messaging are you using on each of them? How much to message on each of them? Like, is that is that too much if you're messaging if you're sending a message on every single one of those those checkout steps? 
So the proper way to do it is to set up your rules so that people can progress down, but not back up. So once you're getting a checkout abandon, the system's not going to send a browse abandon. Right? It's not going to drag someone back up. Browse abandon is to get people in the catalog, get, back, get them back. They've already been in the catalog. You're at a checkout. So you have rules set up so they're only receiving one layer at a time, and the layer will progress them down, but won't progress them back up. If you do that properly, you get the right experience. And then, yeah, there, there is some messaging, which maybe we'll go into in a minute uh, at, every, at every layer. Alex, what's your take on that funnel? Yeah, um, I think that on the messaging side, like, I don't know if we have to go into detail about every kind of uh, touch point, like so, site, browse, banded cart, checkout, et cetera. But like, just for an example, for like checkout abandonment, you have somebody there who's showing such high intent, they just need a little bit of a push. Again, don't hit them with the discount, but hit them with the value props of making this transaction as easy as possible. Like, hey, if you buy this right now, you'll get free shipping. Or like we have a really easy return policy, right? You might say things like, you know, show them testimonials or like, this is our best selling product, whatever it is. Or like, here's why 10,000 people have rated us five stars. Now to me, it's just like, it's kind of a no brainer. It's like, okay, this is actually a really cool product. Maybe I do kind of want to buy it, right? because I think when you're using discount messaging, it's just a race to the bottom every time. Like, and, and I like what Jordan said about highlighting your existing promos. Because again, that's an extra like um, needle mover that's like, okay, well, they have a Black Friday sale, right? Maybe I should just take advantage of this. Because a, a lot of people, what we see, Jordan and I, is, as you noted, they set it up now. They've set it up like a year ago but they don't revisit it. So a lot of their rules are broken. Their segmenting is poor. Like, and these emails are going out regularly, but they don't even work, right? Like, they don't work. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just plant a garden and walk away. You have to tend to the garden, right? Or it gets, it gets crazy. So I actually would further say that um, I like to see big, beautiful abandoned emails. Right? You could take the philosophy, you want it to be small and simple, just get them back in the cart. But um, there's so many things you can convey, so many things you can uh, to, to instill trust. There's nothing wrong with having the, you know, the important stuff up top, a picture of what, what's in the cart, get them to click in the cart. But then below that, there's nothing wrong with making it big and beautiful. In my opinion, it's like the copy sells something, but the, the design reinforces the quality. If they see high quality in the message, they're going to assume that you're taking the time to have a high quality product as well. It's like it's like one to one, and since these emails are used so often, why not put the time in to have it beautiful? And I mean, Alex has said, why don't why don't we actually just go through? I'll really quickly, so in case people are on the podcast, they can run back and think through this. I'll just go through a few things in order. Site abandon is about getting them in your catalog. So show them your number one bestseller. Give them some social proof. Things that are trending, if you you know, um, if you're using predictive, and newness, right? What's new to the catalog? Browse abandon. Show them what they want to see. They've been in the catalog, so you can use machine learning to show them recently viewed items recommendations. Uh, cart abandon. There's different ways to think about this. This is just the way I think about this. Sell them on the product. So show them brand promise, maybe aspirational messages. Product marketing. Explain the product, and maybe FAQs. And then cart checkout abandon is sell them on the brand. Get them to trust you because they've, they've gone all the way. Why did they change their mind uh, at checkout? So security, show them your guarantee, uh, appeal to authority, any awards that you've won, uh, trust. So, you know, number of, number of customers served. 
And then a great time for more social proof, ratings, testimonials, UGC. You guys can run that back over and over again. And but by the way, if you come and uh, accept our service, uh, we'll set all that up for you and do all the things that we've discussed here. <laughs> what a dream. <laughs> Talk to me about the timing of these messages, though. It's this one-way funnel where you're only getting, you know, the most relevant messaging. But I guess if someone's browsing, you know, how, what is the optimal timing to be sending these messages so that it doesn't become a spammy chaos? Is that an Alex question or a Jordan question? I'll take that one. So for each of the four, when I set these up at every layer, I put in a, um, a timing AB because ultimately you don't know. Different brands have different times, and it'll always surprise you. So I'll set up a fast and a slow, and then a fast and a slow. So one will be going, say, the fastest possible is 20 minutes. The slowest possible that we'll do is four hours. But in each thing, it's setting up on the, in these different times. And you'll just kind of end up seeing what works and just accept those and, and take those as your winners. One hour is pretty solid, for sure. You can't go wrong with, with an hour after someone. Um, but I like, I like to try it earlier than an hour. Did you know that 71% of U.S. consumers plan to shop online during the holiday months or that 62% of them want to be reminded about your offers via email? To discover how shoppers plan to spend this holiday season, download Wunderkind's 2022 Consumer Insights Report. It's full of vital data surrounding preferred shopping locations, communication channels, purchase influences, and more. Visit wunderkind.co DTC to download the Consumer Insights Report now and find out how to reach your customers. That's wonder, W-U-N-D-E-R, kind.co slash DTC to download today. Let's just talk about discounting. So we've talked a little bit, I, this is something, I've, I've talked to a lot of founders recently that are really keen on, for instance, segmenting their people that are buying Christmas gifts versus people that buy their product all the time and knowing, you know, what discounts you have to give to what people, like, do we have any numbers on like people who come in on discounts and what their sort of eventual LTV with brands is. If people come in on a discount, are they more likely to be less valuable customers long-term? I mean, I try to set up with clients here kind of um, common sense stuff that works that you can apply on many accounts, right? So of course, you would do a very large analysis for that at a big brand, and I've done that at, at big brands, uh, where you want to understand the, the long-term spending uh, habits. But if you are a small to medium-sized business and you want to just set up with what works, you simply, if someone came in with a coupon, you don't reactivate them automatically with one of these coupons and you separate by their, by their incoming cohort. People who came in on a coupon, don't give, don't give the show away. People who didn't come, up, come in on a coupon, and maybe you size the coupons. If, you're, if your default's 10% and everyone's getting the 10%, fine, accept those. But like, oh, these, this guy came in 30% off. We're not going to send them the coupon in our, in our, in our funnel. Yeah, and as far as on data, I haven't done that analysis on all of our accounts in aggregate. Uh, sounds exciting. Maybe we'll dig into that one next year. Alex, and just sort of back to the funnel from a design perspective, we had Jordan lay out the different kinds of messaging that you should be considering at each of these phases. What are, what are the design considerations that you kind of think about when it comes to crafting these emails? I think in our last podcast, I said, you know, emails are kind of mini, they're mini landing pages. You have your hero you know, below the fold, you have your body section, you have your footers, et cetera. So kind of approaching emails in that format. Um, you know, you have your, your main messaging in the hero with your offer. You could have some sort of like predictive merchandising that just kind of pre-populates like an automated section there. And then below the fold, um, you could have your trust 
trust messaging, right? So things like uh, social proof, free shipping, you know, your unique selling props of your business could be features about like at a high level. Jordan and I were just talking about, you know, one shoe brand uh, this morning and we were saying that, you know, in, in one of their emails, it'd be great just to kind of highlight like where the products are made. Right, because that's a big selling feature about the product. Instead of giving a 10% promo, talk about how they're handmade by artisans in Spain and Portugal. To me, as a consumer, that just speaks quality. So now what you have is like, you can integrate, I call them section blocks. And these are very interchangeable because they're already designed out kind of blocks that you can plug and play in all your emails. You probably see them from emails that you receive personally where like at the, every footer on one person's email looks the same, right? And they have like shop now, pay later or like free shipping or whatever their guarantee is. I think those are really easy wins to, to integrate into your emails. And I don't see people doing that very often. So that's one thing that we like to do with our clients. And by the way, when you do this stuff, the click through rate on these messages just doubles. Right? If you show them something beautiful, if you show them stuff to click on, they're going to click on it and you're going to get people on your site. Ultimately, these emails are trying to get people back where they can buy. So it works. As opposed to the 10% discount, which doesn't really motivate people, I imagine, is those, those especially that 10% one. Like, Are you guys finding that this content actually brings people back better than low discounts like that generally? Well, I would say that you know, you're reinforcing your strategic advantages, right? Like what makes our product so good? That's what you're doing with this messaging, right? I think there is a time and place for discount. And I think that's at the acquisition level. Like you are paying, you're giving that discount to acquire their email, right? It does its job. And depending on the AOV of a product, you know, if it's a thousand dollars and I'm getting, I'm saving a hundred dollars, like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to sign up, right? Why not? Um, but I think after the fact, you know, if I'm considering a second product or something like that, really pushing the fact that like we're a quality product and like, you know, it's really an easy transaction to make because it's, it's so seamless, right? These are, this is what makes our business so great. Yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Like that's the value of that messaging. Yeah, we like when I set these up by default, I don't put a coupon in them. It's just not the default setup. If it works for the brand, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll change it, but we build it so it doesn't need one. It's fine to use one, but let's not build our whole strategy so that you need to like just shotgun discount. Additionally, an important point of these is they couple with a reactivation strategy where you're going way far back in your, in your audience. We've talked about this on a few previous podcasts. So you reach way back and you and using automations to reach people that you couldn't otherwise reach with campaigns because you've got small send sizes and you get them to click. Often they don't convert on that click. They convert through this funnel because it gets them it gets them back on the site. Oh yeah, it gets them back on the site. Well, look, they often got there with a the discount. Or they get in this because you're sending uh, you know, um, I guess season closing sale, right? You know, all the stuff left for, you know, of this fabric 25% off. Well, that's got a discount. This is getting them back in. Whatever they were doing at the time, this is reinforcing what they were already doing. So sometimes that 10%, it's not even, it's irrelevant and confusing what was already going on. I would imagine there's always going to be a, a, you know, a slice of the pie that look at the price point first, product second, and then the other half of the pie looks at product first, price second. And for those people, it's like, okay, they're worried about quality, 
They're worried about like all of the product related things first, price second. It's like unpack all of those. You know, if you looked at the blue one versus the red one, build urgency about the red one. That one's gonna sell it. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Oh, maybe they're worried about shipping. Like focus on all of those things. I'm just laughing at Alex, your comment earlier about how many emails I have sitting in my promo box that are like, you have great taste. Literally word for word, how many brands how many brands use that copy in their subject line? It's insane. I just feel like there's so much opportunity. I remember to when focus I first saw that. When I first saw that, I took it as a compliment. Like when I first saw that three years ago, I remember noting, like, "Ooh, what a neat way to put that." I do have good taste. These shoes look great, but it's like it's just so meaningless now when everyone says it. Yeah, like I know I have great taste. That's why I added it yeah. to the card. So speaking of you know the ten percent discounts, like we saw the tweet you know related to Eli's where I forget who it was, Philip Jackson was saying his hot take was less than 10% of abandoned carts are even recoverable. He says shopping is entertainment. People want to simulate the feeling of shopping without the actual expense. What's our benchmark that we're aiming for from this abandoned cart sequence for conversion? I mean, I actually look at these emails based on traffic, right? That's, that's how I look at these emails. I, know, I don't go in and say how much revenue was recovered because it's always some bullshit number anyway. It's either last click attribution, which means, yeah, email got the last click, which means we're not going to get, so forget Facebook and Google, which is the wrong way to think, right? Because you needed Facebook and Google to even have that chance. Or it's it's, uh, in the platform and it's 100% attribution and says all the revenue involved in there was because of email. It's not how email works. Email is not an acquisition channel. So think about email differently. I like that, and I bet it's music to the ears of media buyers, right? Because I think email is the great taker of credit in a lot of cases, but you're really kind of getting out ahead of it and saying, I, I think of uh, attribution as being a challenge across all social media platforms, Google, you know, but I don't think of it as being as much of a challenge on email. I think of that as being like, okay, last click came from email, but you're sort of putting that into question a little bit by saying you really want to focus, you know, that acquisition, the acquisition channels are doing a lot of that job email's real true job is to is to make the most of this list. Yeah, and this is this is a chance to reinforce so many things, which I think maybe is further to what both Cam and Alex are talking about. Let's say you're this 90%. You're this 90% that's that's not going to be recovered right now. These messages, you will see these messages. I mean, if you actually look at who makes it through your whole life cycle more than once, it's like less than half your list. Most people will only ever see one of these messages once. So you don't have to worry too much about showing it too many times, it's a rare case. But if you're gonna show it more than once, let's reinforce something. So if you're part of this 90% that's not gonna convert right now, why not spend the time, like Alex was saying, hey, this thing was handcrafted in Italy. I mean, how many times have you written that in a campaign once, it's done, and you're like, oh, are we gonna tell them it's, been, it's in Italy again? They've already seen that. It's this weird way of thinking, assuming that you send it and everybody sees it. It's like, no, these are your most common messages. These are your most common messages sent and your most common things that you want to reinforce about your brand. Drive those home right here. So if you're not going to recover them right now, you've improved how they're thinking about your brand for the next time uh, that you get them um, in the funnel. Love it. Um, on a recent podcast, we had someone mention the strategy that they tested where uh, this is uh, actually not about abandoned carts necessarily. This is about sort of colder emails on your list. And I just wanted to bounce this idea off you guys if, if it's something we've ever tried. They were saying on the coldest part of your list, the people that have not bought in a long time, you know, when you send them things, try sending them the Amazon link to your product because the Amazon, your card is saved on Amazon. It's just going to be a lower friction purchase on Amazon. And I'm wondering, have we experimented with that? Have we experimented, experimented that? You wouldn't want to do that in the abandoned 
in cart flow because they already have something on your site in the cart. You don't want to take them to a, another whole purchase experience. But have we experimented leveraging Amazon as like a more friction-free part of the purchase funnel? The big new uh, strategy will be to use email to uh, when a product launches to uh, improve its um, sell-through right out of the gate and kind of uprank it. So there's strategic ways to use um, email to improve your Amazon sales, right? Which is, that's different from what you're discussing right now. What you are discussing right now, the, uh, I haven't done that with a client. The decision factor for that is, okay, well, what's your, what's your discount now that you're, that you're being charged on Amazon? How much are you making? What's your margin through Shopify? Figuring out where you're, where you're making the most money and kind of building Amazon into your funnel based on that. From my perspective, the people you haven't touched in a long time, it's probably not which kind of cart. Like, that's not what it is. They're out of your life cycle. So what you want to do is build a, a reactivation series that will speak to them, speak to them where they are, maybe dumb it down a bit because they haven't been thinking about it for a while. And then I'm location agnostic. Just drive them wherever you're going to make the most money. Uh, any thoughts on that that you want to add, Alex? I know we haven't tried that. I do think that's, that's an interesting strategy, though, because I think... As a business, you're probably competing with Amazon, even if your product's listed on Amazon, right? Probably eats into your margins, et cetera. But like subconsciously, we know that like, if I'm an Amazon Prime member I'm and your product's on Amazon and I can get it there, I could probably get it faster, right? I could probably get it today or tomorrow, realistically. Um, and I definitely do check out a lot faster through Amazon, like within, you know, 30 seconds. And I don't even think about it. The purchase decision is like so fast. So I think that that's a really interesting strategy that we should definitely test. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Just, just the worst part about e-commerce is filling out your credit card details. The worst. Because it's just like you have that last, you're, you're thinking about the purchase a little bit more as you type, like, do I really want to do this? I just feel like Amazon has that really friction-free experience. But I'm excited. Uh, we'll have to put a note in the calendar, Jordan, to talk a little bit about that, the strategy you mentioned about sort of getting your product upranked, using your list, driving your list to Amazon for, for that purpose. I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bookmark that for a, a future episode. Sounds nice. Thanks for coming on today, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.